Well, it sure as hell ain't Charlotte's Web. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> that was <laughs> not even funny. I wasn't ready for that one. It's stupid. It's All right, anyway. <laughs> Charlotte's Web. All right, anyway, hello and welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film with me, as always. Well, not always. Sometimes she's jet-setting, but that's okay. <laughs> she was in Paris. The film we're doing today doesn't take place no, in it Paris. It's, it's Italy. It's Europe. They're all the same. It does take place in Europe. Was this movie bringing you back to that European place? Yes. It made me wish I was traveling again. Cool. Do you want to say who I am? Oh, yeah. By the way, <laughs> this is the co-host that carries the show. Lady Juan, say hi to everybody. Hello. With us, special guest... James from PopCultNet. Say hi to everybody, James. What is up, people? He is here to help us fix this movie. And this week, we will be fixing. They say it's the end of phase three (laughs) with that endgame fallout, which they explain away in Mm -hmm. pretty funny ways. (laughs) Spider-Man Far From Home. Get to it. Planning a trip? Mm Mm-hmm. Going to Europe. It's a school trip. Get your passport. Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Mini toothpaste? Mm -hmm. Pack your suit. I just want to go on my trip with my friends. Europe doesn't really need a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You look really pretty. Therefore, I have value. No, no, that's not right. I'm messing with you. (laughs) You look pretty, too. I just want to spend some time with MJ. I think she really likes me, dude. That reminds me when I first fell in love. I had just finished my food call. So nice to finally meet you, Spider-Man. Nick Fury just hijacked our summer vacation. Awesome! You got gifts, Parker. We have a job to do. Are you going to step up or not? You're all alone. Your friends are in trouble. What are you going to do about it? You don't want any part of this. All right, Spider-Man <laughs> Far From Home, directed by John Watts, who returns. He also directed Spider-Man Homecoming. Writers are different. The writers of Spider-Man Homecoming were Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. John Francis Daly, of course, from Freaks and Geeks. It's a makeout party? Mm-hmm. Nobody told me it was a makeout party. Well, you better get ready to make out. They're also the directors and writers of Game Night. This one written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. So, different writers on this one. It did have a little bit of a different vibe, I thought. A little bit. Slightly. A little less 80s high school movie. (laughs) So, for the first time in a while, we're talking about a film that didn't have a whole bunch of turmoil behind the camera. (laughs) So, there's not that much juicy juice to drop on this one. Juicy juice. <laughs> weird. Did anybody drink juicy juice? That was a shitty drink. No. When you were a kid, right? What? I love juicy juice, man. <laughs> was juicy ju- juicy juice was the one where you had to take the can opener and pop the two sides? Was both because they have the. It's like a Capri Sun before a Capri Sun. It's the drink before the drink. <laughs> anyway, there's no there's no juicy juice to drop here. Seems like a relatively peaceful set um and of course this film i'm gonna go ahead and tell you this is starring tom holland again returning as spider-man jake gyllenhaal as mysterio returning because apparently they were all also snapped away zendaya as mj jacob batalon as ned Leeds, tony rivalori as flash thompson Andrew Rice as betty brant but then of course we've got a new person brad he was not snapped and he's five years older and he's a hunk now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he is a rival for MJ. 
Also in this one, Martin Starr returning as Mr. Harrington, J.B. Smoove as Mr. Dell, and we've got Kobe Smulders, Maria Hill, and Samuel L. Jackson. Nick Fury, or is it? Mm. <laughs> it's not Nick. <laughs> we've also got Aunt May, Marissa Tomei, and Happy Hogan, John Favreau, who are somewhat of an uh, item, but at the end, uh, are they? I feel like... Uh, you know, one of those situations where one's feeling it a little more than the other. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a surprise appearance from J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, which kind of blew my theater's mind a little bit. Uh, same. Let's go ahead and talk about this. Spider-Man, what is your deal with Spider-Man? Do you love Spider-Man? Is he your favorite MCU character now that Captain America and Iron Man are dead? Where is he? In your heart, Lady Wan. <laughs> Spider-Man will always be dear to my heart. Always. He's my favorite superhero based on the hero himself and not just based on the incredibly handsome man portraying him. So like purely based on the character, Peter Parker is number one. Okay. And are you a Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield or a Tobey Maguire? I can't help it. I'm always going to be a Tobey Maguire. You're Team Tobey. Oh, no. I, I saw that movie, the first one, eight times in the theater. That was literally all the money I had at the time. Oh, I just kept going to see it. I was obsessed. You wish you were <laughs> Snaggletooth herself, Kristen Dunst, huh? Yeah, I spent a lot of my teenage years wish, wishing I was Kirsten. Like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of us did. You wanted that upside down kiss, which <laughs> which uh, Tobey Maguire had said nearly suffocated him because not yeah. only was it upside down, but it was like raining. So it was like water running up his nose. It's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he almost drowned. Like the least romantic kiss ever for him. Plus the snaggletooth nearly took out his bottom lip. Um, <laughs> well, which would have been his top lip in this case. Anyway, so <laughs> James, Spider-Man, where does he land in your superhero heart of hearts? I absolutely <laughs> adore Spider-Man. Spider-Man is one of my favorite Marvel characters. And unfortunately, I didn't grow up reading the comics, but I was a huge fan of the animated series. Mm. And wow, mm-hmm. um, to see Mysterio and Spider-Man on the same screen was insane to me. It was an amazing experience. And just like Lady One, I will always be a Toby guy. But uh, <laughs> There's a lot of love for Toby here. But uh, Tom Holland's today. making a strong case for Spider-Man, man. I, t- I swear. He's he's coming for Toby, for sure. He's coming for Toby. Mm-hmm. He's getting ripe. Nice and ripe. <laughs> he's so young, so he's got room to like ripen. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming, Peter Parker was a green banana, and now... He's <laughs> he's starting to get that yellow hue. Let's hope nobody ever peels him. Bananas. Don't make it weird. MJ saw his peeled banana. He's getting peeled. Ew. They're in high school. That's when my banana got peeled. I'm about to say. <laughs> you're not supposed to talk about it when you're a grown up and they're children. It's oh, weird. So it's how old so, you are now. That reminds me of the uh, Arya Stark scene <laughs> in Game of Thrones. I was like, no, it's too soon. I guess so. You're still my child. All right. So got off track there. Uh, okay. <laughs> so when you saw Spider-Man, was it opening night? What was the experience like? Lady Wan Go. So I saw it on the Tuesday, July 2nd. I saw it at 630 at night Whoa. because they were playing it all day. And so I had to do the thing I hate doing, which is run <laughs> through the parking lot going la 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 because people were talking people were about coming out of the theater. Yeah. As I'm walking in, I was like, no, sad. For a true moviegoer, a very treacherous mm-hmm. time is the entry into the theater, right? Yes. Like everyone's coming out. They're gabbing. They want to talk about mm-hmm. it. I get it. I will not speak until I get into my car after a theater i show respect to the fellow <laughs> thank <movie> you <laughs> yeah. you definitely have to tread lightly going into the theater after opening night for sure you do mm-hmm. you do they're gonna say it james when did you see this movie i actually saw it the day before opening night what and, the uh, how do you have a special a, inside connection no nah, i just have amc a list uh. <laughs> uh, nothing special here it was a 12 o'clock showing Holy. which was perfect because there were no kids like i'm not against kids Ooh. being in a movie theater but i am <laughs> Yeah, I am too. <laughs> it was very quiet for the most part. They were cheering. There were uh, some moping moments towards the end before we get into spoilers. And moping It was just moments. a good time. It was a blast. I had a good time. Right. So are midnight movies back because they stopped midnight movies after 
the theater shooting with the Dark Knight. I, they may be back. I was actually surprised to find a 12 o'clock showing for Spider-Man. So like you said, I thought they got rid of those. Yeah. And I told all my friends what time I saw it at, uh, as well. And they had the same reaction towards it. What was your theater going experience like, JC? Uh, I saw it with a friend of the podcast, Red Bob. And we Aww. call him Red Bob because he has all the movies. He has <laughs> his collection. If I need to see the original of something or whatever, Red Bob has it. So shout out to Red Bob. Him and his son <laughs> came to the movie. I usually judge a film based on his son's reaction. I, I do see a lot of movies with him and, and his kid. Yeah. How did he like it? He knew Mysterio was the bad guy right away because he turned to me and he's like, he's bad. and then he said i made a stinky (laughs) was that before the reveal or after (laughs) (laughs) and i was like you should keep that to yourself buddy and then um yeah he didn't react much like afterwards he said he liked it but i've seen him react in a much more animated way to other films i actually kind of felt the same way but spider-man though if i'm gonna be an andrew garfield or a toby mcguire or a tom holland i'm actually a tom holland guy i really enjoy tom holland i do look at those toby mcguire films with fondness But I love what Tom Holland brings to this. I think he brings much more of that teenage anxiety, awkwardness. Yeah. Well, wasn't Tobey Maguire like 26 in the first Spider-Man? Yes. And and Andrew Garfield might even be older than he was. Yeah. Tom Holland brings the innocence. Tom Holland does. He's adorable. He's extremely adorable. (laughs) <laughs> so, Lady One, you love these MCU dudes when they take their shirts off. How did you feel when Tom Holland took his shirt off? And would you have checked out his penis like MJ did? I felt real weird about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're presenting him to me as a high school boy. Stop it. I'm an adult woman. This is this is weird. Why are my um, but- thighs quivering? <laughs> but MJ is a high school girl. Yes. So she should definitely be looking. Ah. Uh. That's fair game for her. But you should not. No. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Off limits. I like Off limits your face up. there. That was a hard no. That was like, no. No. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. So why don't we dive right into it? But before we dive into it, we, of course, have to do Lady Wands Fresh Hot Stats. All right. So this movie had the largest six-day opening in history for a movie that opened on a Tuesday. Whoa. Uh-huh. So it made $185 million in the U.S., plus another $392 million overseas. So it's up to $577 million. And domestically, it is actually only $5 million away from the total gross of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in six days. The MCU is strong. Mm-hmm. I believe it also broke just the Tuesday record as well, which was pretty amazing. But how many movies come out on a Tuesday? Right? Like, not that many. Of course it was going to break the Tuesday record. And it yeah. was out all Tuesday. It didn't yeah. even start Tuesday <laughs> night. It day, had like Tuesday. 10 a.m. Yes. on Tuesday. And it's summer. It so. And it's summer. And yeah. it's the week of 4th of July. People are yeah. on vacation. Like, well, I see you, Kevin Feige. I see, I see, <laughs> I see Feige. You. Feige just peeks out from every showing around the screen. It's like, (laughs) money. I'll pay extra to see that. (laughs) That'll be in the (laughs) re-release. I think we all liked it, right? Is that safe to say? Yeah, Yeah, I loved it. How did the non-movie snobby people (laughs) think about it? What are the tomatoes, Lady One? This movie is 90% fresh from critics certified. Wow. With a 96% audience score. It's slightly below Spider-Man Homecoming. That was 92% fresh. And it's also slightly below Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2, which was 93% fresh. But it is way above Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is 53% rotten. It stinks. That movie is dreck. I don't think I ever even saw it. I refuse to see the one with Jimmy Fox in it. I refuse to see it. I it, still haven't seen this in this day. I refuse to watch the one where Emma Stone <laughs> dies because she is an angel. Spoilers for that movie. From, from heaven. With her big buggy eyes, blue discs straight into my... <sighs> I think you were on track for a haiku for a second. <laughs> Emma Stone woman. <laughs> big blue disky eyes straight into my green banana... It stinks. (laughs) All right. It is time to give you the quick and dirty plot summary brought to you by Movie Pooper. 
where they wipe away the excess. We've reached out to you, movie pooper. We want you to know that we use you on our humble podcast when we want a one pinch summary. Here we go. <laughs> I'll start now. Okay. <laughs> Following the like events, I, like I don't know when to laugh and when not to laugh. I'm like you can just do it always whenever. Feel don't. free to laugh. <laughs> I'm like already laugh. editing right now. I don't want to like be a, like, no. It'll this get is edited, fucking comedy, bro. All right, here I'm we go. A, <laughs> a blast. <laughs> Following the events of Endgame, Peter Parker must adjust to a world that has moved on since the snap or the blip, as well as a world without Tony Stark, Iron Man. He feels some pressure to succeed his mentor, even though he doesn't feel worthy to take on the mantle. He is set to take a class trip to Europe with his best friend Ned, their classmates, and Peter's crush, MJ. He wants to tell her how he feels, but things keep getting in the way. While in Europe, creatures called elementals begin to attack. While Peter tries to fight them as Spider-Man, it is a new hero, Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysteria, who is able to subdue the elementals. Beck claims that he and the elementals come from an alternate Earth whose dimension was opened after the snap. They first materialized on my Earth many years ago. I was part of the last battalion left trying to stop them. All we did was delay the inevitable. The elementals are here now, attacking the same coordinates. Our satellites confirm it. We have one mission. Kill it. After Nick Fury gives Peter Tony's high-tech glasses, Edith, that is a very intense acronym. Peter thinks they are better suited in the hands of Beck. However, this proves to be a mistake since Beck's real motive was to tarnish the Stark name since he and his minions are all former Stark employees who felt that Tony stole Beck's work for his own gains and threw them under the bus. The elementals are nothing more than illusions created by Beck to make the public view him as some kind of hero. After Peter learns Beck is a fraud, he tries to tell Fury and Maria Hill about it, but Beck tricks him into revealing that his friends know about Beck's real intentions, so he has to kill them. With help from Happy Hogan, Peter makes it to London to stop Beck's attack, save his friends, and destroy Beck's drones that created the elementals. Beck himself is killed by one of his drones after trying and failing to kill Spidey. Peter and MJ then reveal their feelings for each other, Aww. and they become a couple. So cute. And MJ knows who Peter really is, but not just his identity, like who he really is inside. <laughs> <laughs> the gang returns to New York, but Spider-Man's reputation is in danger after the Daily Bugle uploads a video that Beck sent before his death, framing Spidey for the drone attacks and exposing his secret identity to all of New York City. Meanwhile, it turns out that the Fury and Maria seen throughout the film were just Skrulls, Talos, and Soren, while the real Fury is out in space working with the Skrulls. That is your movie pooper. Quick plot summary. Okay. Now, yeah. a lot of people work on a movie, especially these effects-laden films. These films are giant, and we know a lot of people work on these movies. We need to give them their due before we just fix a movie. Movies are complicated things. We're just sitting here fixing stuff, acting like we know what the heck we're talking about, but a lot of people work <laughs> on this thing. What is something that you liked about this movie, Lady Wanga? I have a long list of things that I liked about uh -huh. this movie. But I, I will pick just one. And I am so happy that in that last scene, Spider-Man is finally taking pictures. He's on his phone, swinging oh. around, snapping New York. Oh, that's right. He's never been taking wow. pictures before. That's a key part of Peter Parker. I'm so glad you they finally so got woke. to it. That's his source of income. No, well, he's in high school still, so Ew, he ain't making any money. Right. But they finally got to that, and I'm really happy about awesome. that. Awesome. Okay. James, what is something that you liked about Spider-Man Far From Home? Well, I went into this wanting to know what happened during that five-year gap. Uh, they took care of that really briefly. Mm -hmm. Also, I had a numerous amount of questions that will also answer. And uh, I just love the maturation of Spider-Man in his film, becoming the new quote-unquote Iron Man. He's finding his footing in the MCU. Also, I love that this was a high school rom-com. I have a small sweet spot in my heart towards movies just like this. And uh, this is really enjoyable for me. Also, the shots in Europe was sick. I'm going to Italy in uh, September. So I'm pretty stoked looking forward Whoa. to it with all these cinematic shots. I'm so ready. Hopefully, Ele Elemental show up. Are you going to do the <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home tour? Uh, I have to look it up online to see exactly where they went. But I remember the museum was closed. Yes. So I won't be going there. But, uh, <laughs> dude, that is the next step for Marvel. Somebody Studios. dresses Mysterio is going to show up, but he's just going to try to lead you to like a brothel. <laughs> I'm falling for it. 
Illusions. The illusions. <laughs> this isn't real sex. That's my excuse. <laughs> I'm a Mysterio. Hey. You want to see the real Italy? Hey, come here. I make sure you'll meet the balls if they treat it all right. Oh. Can't pass that now. Can't pass that. <laughs> I'm so. Oh, boy. JC, what did you like about this movie? I agree with James. I was going to say. I like that they kept it a high school story grounded in high school still. Like, mm-hmm. Peter's going to grow up eventually. Yeah. He's going to be an adult. And he's not going to be in high school anymore. But please stay in high school. Please stay adorable. Tom, <laughs> don't grow up, Tom. Keep your shirt on. It's a trick. It's a trick. Don't grow up. It's a trick. Don't, don't grow do up. it. It's Billy like that, that Billy Madison scene. Gee, I can't wait till I go to high school. Don't you say that. Don't you ever say that. Stay here. Stay as long as you can. For the love of God, cherish it. <laughs> That's what I'm doing to Tom Holland right now. Stay here as long as you can because mm-hmm. it's adorable. And we all can identify with those high school feelings. Like when they go off and become adult superheroes, it, it's Heavy, harder man. to identify with that. That's why Peter Parker is so great. She's just a kid mm-hmm. and we've all been there and we've all been that awkward. And it's uh, that's why we connect to him so much. So stay okay. here as long <laughs> as you can. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we said some nice things. Now, what do you say we, we fix this movie? What do you think? What do you say we fix it, huh? Let's do it. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> That's web shooters. Lady Wan, you know you're first. Why don't you lay on us your first Lady Wan fix? Okay, so my first fix has to do with the Spidey Sense, a.k.a. Peter Tingle issue. That's right. That was a joke that they were definitely like (laughs) running into the ground by the the end of the movie, right? (laughs) Yeah, so they tell us in the movie that his Peter Tingle is not working right. Why am I laughing at it? That's right. His Peter Tingle isn't working right. Mm -hmm. So we see it for a second when Aunt May throws a banana at his head. So the banana is a funny moment, but I don't feel like that should trigger his spidey sense. It's not a threat to his life. It's just a banana. Like, that shouldn't set off the tingle. To me, that doesn't prove that it's not working. If anything, that should set off Night Monkey's sense. (laughs) So the movie says a few times that this is a problem for him, but they never really say why. I'm not going to be able to figure that out. I'll roll with it. But don't just tell me something's happening. Show me. So I want Peter to be clumsy, like a regular teenager, awkward, not knowing what to do with himself. Have him lack that spatial awareness and just be kind of a hot mess. So we can have him when he's at Aunt May's fundraiser. He can trip as he's heading up the stage. He can hit his head on the overhead compartment in the plane. He can fall out of the gondola in Venice. Three stages. They're all opportunities for them to show us that he's off his game. Plus, they're great opportunities for physical comedy for Tom Holland. And it would have made the return of his Spidey sense, Peter Tingle, more meaningful later and also give us way more laughs along the way. And I think that really would have helped. Yeah, the spider tingle thing, uh, it's not done enough. Oh, your spider tingle is not working, but he's still fucking amazing. Like when he's, yeah, he's still yeah when Spider-Man. he's like saving towers from falling and trying to stop the quote unquote elemental, the spider tingle mm-hmm. doesn't come into play at all, except like lessening his ability to detect that Mysterio's a bad guy. Like, is that, was that the only point? Is that his excuse for not knowing? Because that's yeah. no, no good. He doesn't need tingle. He trusts. Quentin Beck because Quentin Beck is a talented trickster. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah, it was just a plot device. <laughs> oh, his spider tingles damage. That's why he doesn't realize that Quentin Beck is a lying, bad, charming, handsome actor. I fall for Jake's plans too. Don't feel bad, Peter. But you know what? Like most people that are out there flying drones are just bad people. <laughs> like, have you seen them at like the park just flying their drone around? You're a bad person. <laughs> or like a real estate agent. If you're flying a drone around on a park, you haven't had sex in a long time. <laughs> All right, James from Pop Cult Net. Make sure you listen to that podcast. Make sure you follow that YouTube channel. What is your first fix? So I may get torched for saying this, but 
Ooh, man. I'm gonna say it. Getting my lighter out. I'm gonna say it. I'm dousing this rag with some gasolina. For this movie to follow Endgame and for uh-huh. them to make fun of Tony Stark's death, it was kind of distasteful for me. Ooh. But that's not what I'm fixing. What I'm fixing here is the amount of Tony Stark references. And uh, oh, I understand yeah. what the Constance. MCU is doing with trying to replace Tony Stark with Uncle Ben. But yeah. he might as well came back from the dead the amount of times they said Tony Stark in his film. Yeah, did Robert Downey Jr. get like $5 he million? Probably for this? He might as well just made a guest appearance. Like, I swear. <laughs> I mean, he did. Wasn't he the zombie Iron Man that came out of the ground? Wasn't that just Robert Downey Jr. without makeup? <laughs> it was. Dude's getting paid. I know it. It was even down to the glasses, even dead. I'm the hero. Just yeah, <laughs> so, so many puns, so many things towards him. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm the yeah. type of person that if you're gone for like a month on vacation or two months and you come back like, did you miss me? I'm be like, no. And Endgame was only done a couple of months ago and already yeah. Tony Stark's back. We didn't have time to mourn. And when we did mourn, they made fun of it. And it was just distasteful. Yeah. And for me being a uh, growing up with Spider-Man, for them not to even mention Uncle Ben in this film, I forgave them for homecoming. Mm-hmm. But the lack of Uncle Ben references and not even a conversation with Aunt May about Uncle Ben in this film kind of let me down. So my fix in this yeah. film would be just a small conversation. Nothing big. Don't even have to show Uncle Ben. Just a conversation with yeah. Aunt May about how Uncle Ben always said, Never try to be like anybody else. Always be yourself because that's the main objective in this film is to say that Spider-Man would mm-hmm. never take the place of Iron Man. And who's best to say that than Uncle Ben himself? So that's my only fix in this Or that's yeah. one of my fixes in this film. There's not even Uncle Ben's rice in here. There's so. Uncle Ben's suitcase that was thrown under the bus. But let's not even talk about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, frustration. That's why I'm still holding on to Toby's. Right? Wouldn't Uncle Ben have raised him? You would think so. Still? Like, even if he died in early on, Uncle Ben still raised him and would have been, like, a part of his life in some way. Yeah. Like, there should be lessons that Ben taught him still. And that could have been one of them, to be your own person. Yeah, to ignore his memory is is crazy. It's such an important part of Peter Parker's character that it's wild that these movies just haven't even gotten in. And I actually thought that was great that you said, you know, you'll never be Iron Man and having that tie into something that Ben said. I think that would have been the perfect time to bring in Ben. That's awesome. Nice fix. And also they yeah. need to use some uh, Uncle Ben's rice, especially the <laughs> um, the like quick dinner packs where the it's microwave like one rice with some Yeah, the microwave. <laughs> I'm a fan. That's what kids eat. All right. I'm a kid? Whoa. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm just joking, man. No. No, man. <laughs> oh, okay. It. He's never coming on again. <laughs> JC, what's your first fix? Okay. My first fix. So I thought that MJ figuring out that Peter Parker was Spider-Man was a little bit of a leap. I didn't really see any setup for her figuring out that he was Spider-Man other than him being really awkward and disappearing. Yeah. And the final time he did that was at the opera. Because I think like based on him just awkwardly leaving all the time, I would just as easily assume he has IBS. <laughs> like he's just sneaking out because he wants to poo in private. Like I, I, you know, it's just that is a lot more reasonable than a secret superhero, right? Life. Like, why do you leap <laughs> to superhero when he dude is just like getting real nervous and awkward looking and disappearing? Because yeah. as someone with IBS, <laughs> I will look <laughs> Sorry, at you man. sweaty and weird and then disappear. Like that's that's yeah. my whole mo. So it has happened in this. <laughs> We have had to stop recording episodes. We have had to stop recording episodes because I ate one bite of pizza and I had to disappear. <laughs> so that's just as reasonable of a assumption. So mm-hmm. I guess I would have liked that to be stronger. So I would have liked one of two things. Either I would have liked a funny montage of her figuring out when she tells him. So maybe like mm-hmm. I figured it out myself and like a funny, almost like Luis from Ant-Man type flashback montage or i would have wanted her to run into him during the first major fight scene with the water creature 
Yeah. And witness him doing something fantastical that he tries to shrug off. Kind of like in, I think it's it's either Superman 1 or 2. These are, this is an old reference, but where Clark accidentally, <laughs> his hand accidentally falls in the fire. Clark, can you pass me that brush over there, please? I'm sure. No, 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 it's, it's, it's okay. Clark, let me no, see your hand. No, Give it to me. No, no, it's alright. Let me look at it. Superman. Oh, Lois, come on. He tries to play it off. So, like, yeah. just one of those scenes where she witnesses something that she shouldn't, I and like it starts to get the wheels turning. So, you know, she might start to realize something in Venice, but then what solidifies it is in Prague when he's fighting the lava monster. Mm-hmm. He jumps out to save her, grabs her hand, and he accidentally says MJ. And maybe he doesn't realize it, but she does. So she realizes that, you know, this night monkey <laughs> is not, you know, this is not, you know, night monkey knows who she is. She knows this night monkey. Right. Night monkey sounds like. Yeah. That sounds like getting a boner in the middle of the night. Night monkey. I'm going to start saying that when I accidentally get like a boner. <laughs> And it's after the sun goes down. I was like, sorry, night monkey. When you're in the bed and you're like the girl and you're in front and your your man starts just kind of like poking your back with his boner, that's night monkey. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to unhear this. <laughs> All right, Lady Juan, why don't you lay on us your next fix? All right, so I just have to say that this fix is way outside the scope of my normal fixes. Whoa. I know. Normally I stick to like changing a character trait or like clearing up motive or something, you know, relatively normal, mm-hmm. but I am just straight up adding a character you are gonna to this movie. You're going to change. Wait, say it so I can give you the effect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it really does though. Wait, are you saying that it's going to change this whole movie? <laughs> is that what you're saying? I mean, not really. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) It would be fun, though. So in our post-credit scene, we find out that Fury and Maria Hill have actually been the scrolls Talos and Soren from Captain Marvel this whole time. So Soren is Talos' wife, and she's been hanging out on that satellite in the 90s trying to not get, you know, wiped out by the Kree. But they have a daughter, She's the little scroll kid in Captain Marvel, and she provides that emotional anchor to their storyline. It's like this touching moment when he reunites with his family. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Right? So I feel like now- They're absentee parents. I feel like now would be a really great time to introduce another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent to the movies. (gasps) We've only really had Fury Hill and Coulson that we've cared about. So let's open up the team. Let's get some new blood in the MCU. We're going into phase four. Let's bring in some new people. Oh, my God. So Captain Marvel was in like 1995. It's been a minute. That little girl, that little scroll girl is grown up now. Oh, She's a scroll woman. She has and, grown. Oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> so their daughter could be a third agent on the ground throughout this entire yeah. movie, helping Fury and Hill in the mission with Peter. And that could also be a little bit of a tip off to us as the audience that maybe this isn't exactly what it seems because we never see Fury and Hill work with a third person other than Coulson. So if all of a sudden we have this third agent as part of the group, like maybe that's a little wink to the audience. Things are not what they seem. Then we can have her reveal in the backseat of the car along with them that she's their daughter. And she could have been an agent this whole time who we bring into this movie. And um, I don't know exactly how old she should be. So I was thinking either if we go like younger, she could be played by Lana Condor, who's in All the Boys I've Loved Before. Or if we got to go a little bit older, it could be like Rosa Salazar, who is Alita. Yeah. Like you can get some more people in this movie. Like She could have been somebody on a field trip during a blip. She could have been one of the students, like a high school kid on the trip. Is she Betty Brandt? That's what I was thinking she was going to say, too, was Betty. That would have been kind of cool. But I think the age is kind of off, maybe. But that's why I said the Ah. blip gave her five years to be able to blend in with the high school kids. Yeah. Yeah, that actually would have been cool if, like, their daughter was, like, an embedded. Because it could have been, like like you said, it could have been a reveal in the backseat. That would have been cool, too. But um, for them to do a reveal, it had to be, like, a major part of the movie. Like, somebody that you kept seeing in the background. Didn't have that many lines or something like that. Oh, and then if it was Betty Brant, Jacob Batalon could be like, I had sex with an alien. And then he could be like, 
cool. Or it could, <laughs> or it could have been the weird ass kid, the fucking uh, what's the guy that was taking pictures and shit. I don't know. I don't know. All right, so a third. What are they? A third scroll and the daughter from the Captain Marvel movie because it was it it was a huge deal that he had not seen his daughter. So Mm -hmm. his daughter should be incorporated into this story. Otherwise, uh, they're absentee parents. Terrible. Oh, man. And and coming from the latchkey kid generation. God damn it. (laughs) This would be a space hatchkey kid. James, do you have your next fix? Uh, my ne- my next uh, fix isn't that major, but <clears throat> I really went into this film looking forward to seeing what happened during the blip. And the parody version mm-hmm. of what happened during the bl- blip, I was okay with, but I was expecting more of a uh, post-apocalyptic effect on this whole uh, world. So maybe like a yeah. small, you know, two-minute clip of everybody like rebuilding stuff and people getting you know, situated back into their normal lives instead of just kids reappearing in the gymnasium. What a <laughs> I would, oh, yeah, when they appeared in the gymnasium was hilarious. Like, yeah. it just like they got blipped playing basketball and they're back in playing basketball. Yeah. Was, I mean, I've been wondering what happened. Yeah. Right. I mean, the best the best was the uh, um, Martin Starr when he said his wife yeah. fake blipped and left him. <laughs> That's so terrible. That was my favorite thing because there there would be so many crazy repercussions from the blip. Imagine if suddenly the earth went from, I don't know, what are we at now? Seven billion people or something like that. Imagine if it went from seven billion to just three suddenly. It would be a free for all of madness. Yeah, I think it would be a bigger effect than just a parody version of people popping up in the gymnasium. And I don't know, that's just, that's just me being a realist with this film, but just a small little one minute clip of, you know, people pushing carts with stuff in it or people raiding a, uh, a empty mall or something like that would have had a bigger effect yeah. on the blip than just a parody version of what happened. Imagine getting blipped and then you appear back and you just get hit by a car. <laughs> I mean, that most definitely <laughs> yeah. had to have happened to someone. Yeah. Totally. It definitely happened. Or like they were like old and about to have a heart attack and they got blipped and they blipped back just in time for it to hit. To have a heart attack. Like, or, somebody died for so sure terrible. after getting Or you get blipped where a building is now and then like the building is on top of you. Like it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I need yeah, answers. I, I need answers of what happened yeah. to everybody else. I need answers. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Yeah. Yeah, or if you were on vacation and you got blipped and your family went home. Or imagine if you were <laughs> if you got blipped mid sex and then you appear back in the hotel room but on top of like like a fat foreign man and you're like, I'm sorry. Ah! Or, gl- or getting blipped during a house party and everybody's like turning up and then like now you're in the middle of a <laughs> desert. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Like that could have been comedy as well like show stuff like that happening yeah. like i don't know that would have just made this video this movie more funny or more interesting it could have been a long comedic sequence of different random people reappearing reappearing <laughs> in the most terrible situations you've ever yeah, seen just go all the way with it like just do it this is yes i don't know that's the only thing that kind of irked me about this film Somebody just re-blips into like the lobster tank at Red Lobster and they're like, there's a Red Lobster here now? What the hell is this? Exactly. This this used to be a library. Exactly. Uh, Red Lobster is really good cheddar biscuits. <laughs> JC, do you have one more fix for Spider-Man Far From Home? You know I do. Anyway, here we go. All right, this piggybacks on the back of James's fix or what he said about the fact that Tony Stark is so involved in this story still. I also had a problem with that. My problem is with Mysterio's Stark connection. Spider-Man's first villain was a villain created by Tony Stark. The Vulture was angry because his disaster cleanup business was taken over by Stark Industries. So he hated Mm -hmm. Tony Stark. Spider-Man inadvertently got wrapped up with his henchmen. And of course, there was the daughter twist. But it was Stark that Vulture really hated. So now Mysterio is someone jaded with Tony Stark. Said he stole his barf tech um, and was actually mad that he called it barf. 
Fair, though. Right, fair. But Mysterio was mad at Tony Stark. In fact, his whole crew was disgruntled Stark ex-employees. And again, Spider-Man is pulled into this because he has Tony's glasses. Essentially, Spider-Man keeps having to grapple with Iron Man villains instead Mm -hmm. of Spider-Man villains. Like, not even Iron Man villains. Literally Tony Stark villains. Yeah. They're all mad at a guy. Yeah, this is a trend that needs to stop. Okay, the first movie, okay, that was created by Tony. I wanted the second movie to move away from Tony. So... Here is Mysterio's backstory for this movie. It fits in with his comic backstory because I want this to be a traditional Spider-Man villain, finally. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and dive into his his comic book origin and fit it into the movie. He wanted to be a superhero when he was a kid. He went to Hollywood. He became a special effects master. Then he got into acting. And right as his superhero acting career was gaining momentum, the blip happened. And superheroes were seen in a negative light and his career died. So he feels like superheroes and their failures ruined his life. So he thinks that they owe him and he is going to get the superhero accolades that he deserves. And maybe he will be the legitimate hero that and not fail like these superheroes did. But he's also such a talented effects artist. He's going to blackmail Spider-Man. And what he does is he actually, through his special effects wizardry, he's going to blackmail Spider-Man into looking like a villain. In fact, he's so good at it that Spider-Man even starts to think that he's crazy and maybe has like some kind of schizophrenia going on, which is consistent with the comic book story of Mysterio and Spider-Man. And of course, Spider-Man is going to figure out a way out of this story, but I thought that that is a better origin for Mysterio and takes him away from just being a disgruntled Stark employee. Mm -hmm. The reason why I don't like what they actually used in the movie is because if he creates an Avengers level threat, wouldn't the real Avengers show up? Like if Black Panther showed up, wouldn't he see through this tech ruse? Or like if an actual earth shattering event happens and it's got Thor and Captain Marvel and Mysterio shows up, aren't they going to be like, uh, you can't do anything? I don't understand what he's trying to do, but I do understand him trying to defame Spider-Man and gaining some notoriety through exposing this Spider-Man villain character. So I would have just taken some of the Stark out of here because just like James said, there's too much Stark in here. Way too much. It feels more true to the character. Stop robbing Peter Parker of all his villains. Yeah, and hopefully the next Spider-Man film will focus more on something against him. And the way it ended, it looks like that's the direction they're starting to go. I think the next villain is going to be Kraven the Hunter. That'd be dope. I think it's going to be a variation on Kraven's last hunt, that comic book storyline. And I think because... Mysterio has exposed Peter Parker's name. Craven is going to go after Peter Parker as his ultimate game, his ultimate prey. Yeah, it could be like some kind of bounty for whoever catches Spider-Man. Oh, and Craven's just the man for it. Oh, shit. That'd be sick. (laughs) Well, he owned drones in this one. (laughs) It's all drones. Please don't. I think, without further ado, we should consider this movie Screen Fit. Screen Fit. Screen Fit. Screen Fit. Screen. That's web shooters. All right. So, do you have a final thought on Spider Man Far From Home, Lady One? I do. So, I love to watch all those YouTube videos on like things you miss and like Easter eggs and stuff. And I was so freaking proud of myself for seeing the Easter egg at the end of the movie where the sign on the street says, we can't wait to show you what's next, pointing to phase four. I was like smacking Mr. Lady one. I'm like, look, look, there, look, it's about phase four. I'm so excited. (laughs) Like I spotted one (laughs) in real time. I was, I loved it. So cute. IRL. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> awesome. Uh, James, you have a final thought on Spider-Man Far From Home? Uh, just harping on what I said before, I absolutely love this film. And Tom Holland, if he hasn't already become what we think of when we hear their names, Peter Parker, he's on his way. This is a very good performance of uh, Tom Holland as Peter Parker. And I'm looking forward to seeing his growth as his character in movies to come. 
And uh, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you've already seen it. Uh, I'm looking for bonus content. I'm looking for some behind the scenes stuff. Also, in Homecoming, there is a end credit clip of Scorpion asking the Vulture, uh, what is Peter Parker's real identity? Yeah, so hopefully jail. we see an appearance of Scorpion in the next film, along with Craven. That would be pretty sick. So they kind of set that up nicely if that's what they're going for in the next film. So hopefully Craven and Scorpion makes appearance in Spider-Man 4. As long as we get J. Jonah Jameson, I'll be happy. Oh, he's here to stay. I, I was actually going to say, does the appearance of J. Jonah Jameson did it weird you out? Because it like it made me so. Is happy. that too Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse weirdness? No, like, J.K. Crossover is J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> there is no one else for that role. I had mixed emotions about it, but after you know a couple of days after seeing it, I'm okay with it. But I definitely see what you're saying. But this variation of Jonah Jameson as a uh, internet conspiracy theorist, just like Alex. Yeah. Yeah, Jones. Alex Jones. I'm pretty looking. I'm looking forward to this one for sure. Yeah. Do you have a final thought, JC? Oh, mine was about J.K. Simmons, too. Um, <laughs> you don't like it, do you? You hate it. That's what I had written down, but let, <laughs> let me see. My whole theater cheered. There's got to be something else in here, though. Okay, I, I have one. Do Samuel L. Jackson's eye injuries, have they evolved to look more like cat scratches, or is that just me? I think that's me? just a scroll problem. I think that's Talos, like, knowing him from then that's the the fury he was able to pull off because it did totally look like cat scratches they look deeper i definitely noticed that for sure <laughs> yeah. dun, 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 cat scratch fury <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> stupid let's go ahead and look at any listener comments we have some here men in black episode dusty lee miller loyal friend of the show says, my favorite part in this movie, I think, is when they first fight the twins and have all the guns coming out of their car. Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth's chemistry felt flat, like nothing was there until they introduced Pawnee. Overall, I didn't hate it, but it pales in comparison to the first Men in Black. What do you think, Lady One, about that comment? Totally agree. I absolutely agree as well. Um, Dusty knows his shit. Dusty knows his ish. <laughs> Okay, uh, do we have any other comments? Yes, we actually have one from Siobhan about Spider-Man Far From Home. This so episode. I go ahead and get that one in. She was on top Whoa. of it. Whoa. Yes. If you see a movie, feel free to message us at any time, and we will throw yes. it in the show. Proof positive. Siobhan. <laughs> Let's get it on, Siobhan. Let's go. <laughs> so she said, my niece complained throughout the entire movie that Peter's eyebrow needed to be fixed. It oh, I noticed crazy. that too. I totally agree. It was all wisping up. like, And it yeah, was just was one like of his eyebrows up. too. Like, yes, it was super annoying. Like, is that just um, Tom Holland's brow has like a weird I feel wisp? like it's when he pulled the mask off, it was going like whoosh, up. And then, he and then it just stayed it. there the whole movie. Yeah, it was driving me nuts as well. So she said her favorite scene was when Peter was creating his own suit, like watching a young Tony Stark. No. And Siobhan actually has a fix for the movie. <gasps> we'll lay it Siobhan us. <laughs> so she says the scene in Venice when Peter didn't have his suit to fight the water element, he just threw a Venetian mask on thinking that's going to hide his identity. She says, dude, lose the book bag and the shirt. At least try to hide it a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, he's flying around with a backpack yeah. on. He should have stripped to his undies. Oh, the funniest thing would have been if he was in his underwear and a mask and was just fighting. <laughs> I, I know it would have made you uncomfortable, uh, Lady Juan. In the public eye, I know it wouldn't have made you comfortable in the private eye. Tom Holland is technically an adult. Like, Peter Parker is not, but Tom Holland is. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, <laughs> awesome. Siobhan, 100% agree. That eyebrow was hella distracting. What do you think, James? Was that eyebrow distracting as hell? Uh, to be honest, I didn't notice it. That was an eye-opener. I can't wait to rewatch this and stare at his eyebrows the whole film. You will not be able to see anything else. <laughs> totally. Very bizarre. Thank you, Siobhan. And if anyone else wants to participate in the conversation, you can join us where? On Facebook, just search for Screen Fix Podcast. On Instagram, at Screen Fix Pod. And on Twitter, at Screen Fix Pod. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Libsyn, and of course, Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating, write a review, subscribe so you never miss an episode, and please tell a friend. We also have a Patreon account. 
you can donate to the show. You can give us a couple dollars because honestly, we've been doing this for two years and it it, it takes <laughs> it takes time, man. Like it's it's we and we have things to to give you for the yeah, and we will Patreon. give you shit. Yeah, we have for stuff. Christ's sake, go check it out. <laughs> just support the show. Patreon is Google Patreon and Screen Fix Podcast. We also have dreams of opening a one-screen movie theater to be the home of podcasting, movie marathons, all kinds of fun stuff. James will be part of it if that ever happens, right? Let's go! I'm so down. Yeah. I bet you could program the hell out of a Saturday afternoon uh, with your anime knowledge. And if you love anime, if you love (laughs) pop culture stuff, James is your guy. I'm going to say it again. Thank you so much, James, for being here. Pop cult net. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow him on Twitter. You will not regret it. Thank you guys once again for inviting me. I've been waiting months and months and months to join this (laughs) pod, and I had a blast. Thank you guys so much. Hell yeah. We will have you back again. And let's leave everybody with what is your best sound effect for the web shooters? Lady Juan, go. I'm also going to do the hand motion because I feel like it's very important. (laughs) You're already like gearing up. That's good. (laughs) You're going to shoot me with this shit. All right, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Oh. Oh. Whoa. You should have went last. Oh. Oh, Dang, that's good. All right, ready? All right, James, your sound effect for the web shooters go. How am I supposed to follow that? I mean, (laughs) dang. That was pretty good. Uh, good. All right, go ahead. That's more like a rope. I, I suck. <laughs> that's more like that's that's like a little more George of the Jungle, but it's fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. yeah. Sorry, that's all I got. Okay. All right, here's here's all right. Fine, here's mine. What do you got, Jason? All right. <laughs> oh. Was that multiple whoopee cushions? <laughs> Is that the? I think so, I think that's that guy returning from the blip midsect. Oh. But anyway, oh. all right, so. Anyway, make sure that you stay tuned. <laughs> next week, I think next episode we will be fixing probably Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Probably. Probably. I don't know anymore. I don't know. I feel like we lie all the time on the end of this episode. We have definitely said we're going to fix things and we just didn't. Well, if you want to fix crawl, I'm here for you. <laughs> or we fix them in a different order. Or we fix them it's in fine. a different order. Whatever. Anyway, there, fine, there will be another episode. We're not going anywhere. Check out the catalog. Check it out. <laughs> all right. There's other first because what we liked is our last bit of positivity before we start fixing gotcha and you always struggle to be positive all right so now (laughs) actually my blood type is b negative and that is why i have to be negative (laughs) i believe that so much